Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello again, everybody. It is time once again for the Mainland Podcast. This is episode 385. And I'm your host, Michael Citro, the founder and managing editor of TheMainland.com. That's an independent website that covers Orlando City, Orlando Pride, OCB, and all things soccer-related in the city. Beautiful. And joining me, as always, from Tallahassee, Florida, my co-host, David Rowe. Dave, how you doing? I'm doing great, Michael. Um, our last podcast before uh, before the... Um... The MLS playoffs for Orlando City start. Looking forward to that. I am also going to be traveling, um, and I'll be in Colorado, so I guess I'll be watching it earlier. But well, let us know how it goes. Yeah, right. I'll. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to find out what happens two hours before everybody else. That's right. That's how um, time works. I'm glad you reminded me uh, of something um, that will affect the the podcast next week. The game, the playoff game, is on our normal recording night. So yep. our podcast, our early in, earliest in the week podcast next week and Scoperp Soccer will be affected by the uh, the change. So uh, you look for those a little a day or two later than, than normal, and uh, we'll try to get it in. We'll try to record Tuesday night, get, uh, get one of them out uh, Wednesday and one Thursday. That would yeah. be my guess. Probably put... Mainland podcast out Wednesday, Scoper Thursday, and then we'll go into the next Mainland podcast for free. So you're going to get a podcast three days in a row if you're subscribed to both of them. Ooh, special. Yeah, that's going to require a lot of listening on your part because we talk a lot. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dave, uh, we have a very special guest, but before we get to him, uh, I want to talk about a little bit about the... MLS end of season awards. The finalists were announced today. Mm -hmm. So Orlando city has got a couple of finalists, uh, Pedro Galese, surprisingly. Uh, I mean, I guess it shouldn't be a surprise because he's a very good goalkeeper, but it surprised me that he made the three finalists for goalkeeper of the year. Um, yeah, because we're not used to good things happening, uh, for Orlando city. So yeah, I, it's, I, I agree. It's a surprise. Yeah, well, wait for it because some good things didn't happen that probably should no. have. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, also, Duncan McGuire was uh, named a finalist for Young Player of the Year, which, of course, now that they don't have Rookie of the Year, he has no chance of winning because Tiago Almada had uh, 30 goal contributions this year. I think he's the runaway winner in this category. Yeah, unfortunately, like you said, uh, they they... They did that when it should have gone to Daryl DK, mm -hmm. and now it's coming back to bite us in the rear end again. Yeah. Why even draft excellent rookies if you're not going to give them awards? Because um, they score goals? Now that's a good reason. I'll take that. Yeah. 
Yeah, those guys are pretty good goal scorers. So while I don't expect either of those uh, finalists to win their respective awards, I do think that it's nice to have them honored in that way. Oh, I agree. I mean, it's, yeah, like I say, I, who knows? Maybe we'll be surprised. I don't think we will be, but um, uh, at least it's nice to get the recognition of being a finalist, even if they don't win. Indeed. Um, now, even though those are guys that I think um, it's nice to have them honored. Dave, let's get to the snubs. Oh, yes. So Oscar Pereja is not a finalist for coach of the year. And of course, it will probably be Carnell or Noonan. Noonan won the shield with Cincinnati, their first trophy. Uh, Carnell had the, the greatest expansion team season of all time with St. Louis City. And then the third finalist is Wilfred Nancy, who's a fine coach, the Columbus crew. Now, as I look at the standings, Dave, it seems like the crew, they're definitely behind um, FC Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. Didn't didn't finish that high. Uh, But there seems to be another team above them in the Eastern Conference. Hmm. I wonder who that could be. Well, they wear purple. They got a lion on their badge. I'm and we do guess... a podcast about them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to guess Orlando City. There you go. So Oscar Pareja is not a finalist for Coach of the Year. Um, I don't believe he'd win if he was a finalist, but I think he absolutely should be a finalist considering he led his team to the second best record in the entire league. Uh he is the only coach of the top three finishers in the league to not be a finalist. And oh, by the way, against those three finalists, he won three games. He drew two. He did not lose to any of those three. Yeah, not only that, but um, uh, some of those, uh, a lot of those wins came in the latter part of the season. Um, as a matter of fact, all three of them came in the latter part of the season. Uh, if I remember right. So it, uh, absolutely ridiculous. I wrote about this in our, our membership newsletter um, prior to this announcement. And I fully expected Oscar to be there with Carnell and Noonan. Um, it, I, the fact that he isn't, I get that maybe he doesn't win that award because of what the other two coaches have done, but him not being a finalist is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. A massive oversight and frankly insulting. It's definitely a jab. I don't see a, any other uh, way to look at it. It is, it is, it is a lack of recognition of what he's accomplished, and uh, he's accomplished more than Wilfred Nancy this year, who you could say had a better roster. Yeah. Over the last part of the season. Um, Oscar took Orlando city to a nine, one and two record over the last 12 matches. That's insane. It's very good. It's a very good stretch. And uh, like you say, it's, they finished second, not the Eastern conference. Well, they did, but in all of MLS. So Orlando city finished with more points than one of the other coaches. Uh, 
what are, what are we doing here? Two of the other coaches. <laughs> well, two of the other coaches. Yeah. But I mean, what are we doing here? I don't know what we're doing here. We're, we're definitely not giving Oscar his due. That's for sure. But it, it, it's, uh, it, it's just a ridiculous decision and it's unfortunate. Um, I mean, are they like, oh, he won it with FC Dallas way back in the day. So, you know, he's good. Is that what the thinking is? I don't, I, I think it's cause he's wearing purple. Yeah. <sighs> It's, yeah, but he does. He wears black all the time. That's true. But he's got purple patch on that on that uh, black shirt. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, yeah, I wanted to bring that up because I, I thought that was the biggest slight of all of the, uh, you know, the finalists for the awards. I thought having not having Oscar there, you have the, the again, I, I this team didn't have a Lucas Zellerayan on it for half the year. Didn't have a Cucho Hernandez on it. Um you got guys like Darlington Nagby, who people don't even think of anymore, you know, as a as a role player on the crew. I mean, they have a, a really, really talented roster. And I think that the the Lions have a talented roster too, but I think Oscar gets more out of his roster this year than than Wilfred Nancy got out of his. Not only that, but a lot of those results come from the adjustments that Oscar is making both during the match and at halftime, and then during the match in the second half, um, you can go back and, and listen to us and go, and go listen to interviews with, with Oscar where he talks about, they've got a plan for like the first 15, 20 minutes. And then they do, then they adjust. And then you get to halftime. They adjust again. You get into the 60th minute or so his substitutions are planned with the idea of making further adjustments to either see out a game, get a goal, you know, whatever. Um, a lot of the results are due to his management of the squad. But to me, the, the, the really the defining key is when you look at what those coaches did head to head, he didn't lose to any of those three. Nope. It's ridiculous. Only, I think he was the only one to win in Cincinnati of those. Oh, I mean, other than Cincinnati's coach, obviously. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, obviously. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, the, I used the right word earlier. It's insulting. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the other snub. Uh, that would be a guy we heard a lot of a lot of support for. I heard a lot of rumblings from the media about this guy. I thought Robin Janssen would be a finalist for Defender of the Year. I mean, Orlando City has one of the best defenses in all of MLS. I think they are second or maybe tied for second in the Eastern Conference in terms of goals conceded. And Robin Janssen did it with Rodrigo Schlegel. He did it with Antonio Carlos. He has had, we've talked about on the show before, he's had a career year in a very good career in Orlando. And this has been by far uh, his best year. He came back from a, a nasty injury. Uh, I still see the commercials. He's on my TV all the time, having the, the, you know, the Orlando health commercials. And I think Robin Janssen is deserving of some recognition. I mean, we feel like he's having a best 11 type season. We said it before, uh, not a finalist. Yeah, no, literally a week ago, we were talking about that he could win Defender of the Year and that we expected him to you know, be in the running. And not just us, but other people in the media, like the bigger media, the non-Michael and Dave, you know, people who are on TV and supposedly know stuff media, um, were mentioning Janssen as, you know, Defender of the Year type guy, best 11 um, type guy. And here we are with another giant snub and you have to you have to imagine that not being a finalist for that makes it tougher for him to make best 11 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you've got guys on that team from, I mean, you got Matt Miazga, Cincinnati. Okay. You've got Tim Parker from St. Louis. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of really good defenders in this league. Like Walker Zimmerman's not even a finalist for this thing. Yeah. But again, you're right up there with those teams. And I don't know how many, uh, I forget, I've lost track of how many shutouts Orlando City had this year, but it was quite a few. But when you look at him, it wasn't because Galese was saving the team's bacon. It was like he was hardly having anything to do. And all you have to do is look at Roman Janssen for a, a big chunk of why that's true. Yeah, you know, a huge chunk. Um, he was directing the defense. He was making individual plays. He was then getting forward and and you know doing those Robin uh, runs. Um, but there were games where he almost single handedly would keep the opposition off the board just because of his placement. And the plays he was making, he's also incredibly deceptive in how quick he is getting back and timing, um, you know, a, a challenge so well that, you know, he, he didn't get a, he doesn't get a ton of cards because of that. Mm-hmm. And it's just because he's very, very good at that. And it's, uh, he gets his cards cause he has a temper, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's never because it's, he, he never gets it because of a tackle. He always gets it because he, something else happens and then he gets mad about it. Yeah. All right. Well, can't do anything about it. I don't think Orlando will win any of the major awards. So there's one big major award they could win if they have a, a good uh, postseason. Yes, indeed. And I think that Oscar and Robin and all the rest will trade that for that big one. Absolutely. So uh, rather, I'd rather be MLS Cup MVP than uh, than Defender of the Year. Quite frankly. Yes, I, I agree. All right. Well, you know, something you said earlier, I just thought of something. Uh, you talked about the Lions being 9-1-2 and two down the stretch. And if you only count games that were played on actual soccer pitches, they were undefeated. No, good point. You only lost on a baseball diamond. And if you lose on a baseball diamond, did you really lose? It shouldn't count. Shouldn't count. <laughs> no, you lost when you went to the baseball diamond. That's, that's when you we all lose. We all were losers there. All right. Anything else from the awards that sticks out to you or that you want to talk about? No, I think you're right. I don't think, I don't think they'll get any and it'll, it'll stink, but um, all the more reason for them to go out and prove uh, that they should have. I just, Hey, more, more bulletin board stuff, man. Just keep feeding it to us. Yep. Yep. Make them, make them more determined than ever. All right, Dave, we of course will get to, the playoff matchup with Nashville a little later in the show. We'll give you our key matchups. We'll give you our score predictions. They're bound to be wrong, but you know, you're used to it. You've listened to this show. Uh, sometimes we're partially right. Sometimes we're actually dead on. Not very often, but it happens. Uh, three times each this season where we wow, did. That's like a record year for us. <laughs> that is absolutely bananas. Good. All right. Uh, we also, uh, of course, have our mailbag box to get to, and we we know you love the mailbag box. And uh, but before we get to any of that, we've got a special guest to get to, and our listeners are going to live really like this. I think they will. All right, let's get to that guest right after this. All right, we'd like to welcome back to the show a very special guest, Dagger Dan Thorolson is with us. Dagger, how you doing? 
I'm doing great. Thank you. It's great to have you back on the show. We've got a lot to ask you. You guys are getting ready to head into the playoffs. A very exciting time for the club. Very exciting time for the fans. And uh, before we get kind of into Dave and I, uh, our questions, we've got some questions from some of our founders that we uh, we have submitted. So I'm going to I'm going to buzz through these as quickly as I can, if you don't mind. Go for it. All right. So uh, we'll start with our first one from Daniel Phillips, who says we're excited to have you in our club. Uh, He would like you to please share your thoughts on the differences between playing here in America in MLS Compared to the league you were in back home, he says, I think many of us wonder how the M- how MLS is compared to other leagues around the world. Uh, MLS, compared to Iceland, is much stronger, I would say. Uh, compared to Norway, I would say it's still also stronger, but the best teams in Norway could definitely do good in MLS, I would think. But then, like, once you go to, uh, I was in Belgium also, there you have really, really good teams. So it's like, I would say it's probably similar level to that. Really, but it's really good level though. All right, good to know. Thank you for the question, Daniel. We have a question from Jonathan Kukor, who asks, uh, "How did the move to fullback come about for you? Did did Oscar ask you to do it, or was it an idea that you brought to him?" Um, he brought it to me. I played it last year, so it was his idea. And then once I played it, what once or twice in training, I just kind of got stuck there, and I like it. Yeah, you feeling feeling a lot more comfortable now than than you were earlier in the season. Definitely, defensively and of course attackingly, I'm I'm I've been good, but it's just the defensive part that still needs to improve a little bit. All right, uh, thank you, Jonathan. Ryan Smith uh, says first, you have the coolest name on the team. Why is that? <laughs> Everybody say that. <laughs> what he says is his actual question is his. We've we've seen you deployed as a wing back, a midfield hybrid role for most of the final stretch of the season he says yeah he wonders if you prefer to play more on the sideline with the ball or do you like finding it on your feet when you're more central um that's actually for me i like maybe a boring answer but both of it because it's more like i can choose basically where i am like where faku is i just go the opposite almost but it's basically a lot of freedom that we get so we're just moving around and and doesn't matter actually for me. But uh, of course, as a midfielder, it's nice to get in the midfield, but on the wing also really good. All right. Thank you, Ryan. Jerry Hogan asks, he, he's uh, curious about your name. He wonders if, is your first name both Dagger and Dan, or is that a first and middle, or how does that work? First and middle. So Dagger, okay. Dan, and then you have my last name. In Icelandic, we say Thor Halsson, mm-hmm. which is an Icelandic letter, Thought. But in America, we use TH, Torhalsen. Okay. And uh, does that, he says, um, he wonders if that means you're the son of somebody named Thoral. Yeah. My father is Thorhallur Dan. So my son is going to be, let's say his name would be Jonathan. So it would be Jonathan uh, Dachson because you have to like change it. Oh, okay. Got it. And Jerry also, go ahead. I'm sorry. So it would be Jonathan Daxon. Okay. Jerry says he also bets that your parents are very proud of you. So thank you, Jerry, for that. Uh, Just a couple more here. Brian Fergala asks, which teammate or teammates have you bonded with the most, either as friends or helping you adjust to the league and your new location? Me and Robin, we get along really well. 
we I can speak his language because I lived in Norway, so I can speak uh, Swedish a little bit with him, and he's a great guy. So, and then me and Duncan also get along really well. So uh, I would say these two are like the. Actually, the the locker room is really close, but these two I get along. I would say the best with. Okay, and uh, thank you uh, for the question, Brian. And and finally, uh, Andrew DeSalvo says, as a professional soccer player, are you able to watch a soccer game in person or on TV and just casually watch it for enjoyment like most of us fans do or because you're a professional training, do you watch every game with tactics and strategy in mind even when you aren't about to play that team? No. When I watch, uh, like, for example, Champions League, I just do it for the fun. I'm not really thinking much about it. But let's say if I watch uh, games of Nashville this week, I'm thinking a lot about the tactics. Okay, fair enough. Thank you, Andrew, for the question. Thanks to all our founders who submitted questions. And thank you, Dagger, for uh, for answering those questions for them. And I'm going to jump in right here by just saying, you know, this will be your first MLS playoff experience. Uh, how much have your have your teammates prepared you for the, the different level of intensity? What, what are you expecting going into this first match against Nashville? Um, I don't know, actually. Um... I would say, of course, we've talked a little, a little bit about it, but also it's new for everybody else in the club because it's a three, first one is like three games. So it's not, everybody probably going to be at the same, the same spot because it's three games. So you don't know the intensity or how players are going to come out or the other team is going to come out. Are they going to stay back because they're thinking about their game in their home field? So you, you never know. So for me, it's, they didn't talk to me especially about it, but I'm just going to tackle like any other game. Well, um, speaking of Nashville, um, obviously they are a very hard team to break down. Um, you know, you all played them, um, you know, not too long ago and were able to come out with a, with a close win. Um, what are, what are the challenges of, of, you know, getting one on Nashville and, and, and trying to get out of there with a victory? Um, for us, it's their, like, I would say their main, of course, they don't concede a lot of goals. But they're also really, really good at staying back. And then with Mukhtar and the other guys up top going in behind, that's, I would say, for us, we need to really watch what we do with the ball. Because if we lose it, they're going to go really quickly at you. So we need to be really careful with the ball, but still try to score and and do the best again. Yeah, we saw that when you went to Nashville recently. We saw the the fact that there weren't a lot of opportunities to get forward. And even when there were opportunities to get forward, it didn't seem like you wanted to really press the issue. It seemed like you were willing to just wait to see if something opened up. And, and, and in fact, you only had one shot on goal at Duncan, got it to go in and you got the win. I mean, what did you learn from that game that you can take into this three game series in terms of their defensive shape and their willingness to just kind of sit back and, and wait for you to make a mistake? Yeah, I watched some of them games again, like, for example, today I watched, watched their game against uh, Red Bull and just wanted to see how they play. And that's, like, their tactic is really wait for not us to make mistakes, but wait a little bit. And then once they get the ball, they're all just going. Then three and four attacking. So that's something that we need we need to, like I said, we need to try to avoid that. But, of course, we need to also attack them a lot with everything that we do with Faku and Ivan and... Maori and Duncan and just keep doing what we've been doing because it's been working. So why, why we stop that? 
Well, and I imagine that uh, creates a challenge for you. Um, you know, if you're trying to get into the attack as you are want to do and as Oscar wants you to do. Um, but like you said, you know, they're just looking for that opportunity to get behind. Um, so, you know, recovering on defense is a big, big thing for you. Um, you know, how do you balance that out? Uh, that's, of course, something that mostly you can say here. You have to, it happens on the pitch. Uh, but, for example, it needs to be like very good communication with me and Cesar and Wilder and and like the midfield if they're going like, see what's going on so it's basically just like see what's going on around you and and then not hope but like if they because they're definitely one or twice gonna be able to counter-attack so we need to then just be as fast as we can back and me also you mentioned Hani Mukhtar obviously he's their he's their talisman he's their their big scorer very good player needs very little room to create an opportunity for himself how do you defend a player like that? I mean, how do you, uh, I'm sure you've watched film and sized him up, but have you learned anything from watching on film and, and from playing against him that you can take into this game? Yeah, I would say he's a really, really good player. Uh, his first touch is most of the time, the games I've seen with him is really good. He keeps it close to his body and he's really good at these diagonal runs and timing them with almost a perfection. But, uh, so that's something, of course, that we need to, that back four needs to look at. And he's really quick at uh, finishing at the goal. So if he gets the ball, he sh straight shoots. So, of course, we need to defend him good this game. Uh, speaking of the uh, the back four, obviously, you know, Rodrigo has been getting a lot more time with uh, Antonio Carlos um, injured. Obviously, he's come back now. Um, your impressions on, on how... Carlos looks and you know back to back to full 90 you know who do you who do you expect that we'll see going into this first match against Nashville uh, I don't know because we haven't done anything he hasn't told us the team or like I don't even know if I'm starting but like whoever plays like I, I couldn't tell you could be me at the right back or Mikey or Kyle or it could be Antonio or Rodri and Probably, I would assume it's going to be Robin, and then you have Rafa or Lucas. So I don't know, but with everybody, I think most of the team is is fit and fully fit, and so that's a really good problem to have. So defending Hani in space uh, is as always difficult, but it's especially difficult because you'd know that they've got really good set piece uh, weapons in the box when they uh, when they have free kicks around the box. How important is it for you to? Make sure that if you're going to foul him or if you're going to if you're going to give up a foul, how how important is it that you get to him early before he gets you know too deep into that final third? Um, of course you don't want to get free kicks around the box and, and corners and stuff like that. So it's really important, but we train it a lot and and uh, Jose, our coach, is is telling us a lot about how they're playing and how they are. In the corners, he's basically just doing that in training. So we're going to be ready for that, definitely. Just need to be concentrated. Um, going back a little further, uh, CF Montreal, you got that uh, really nice uh, header goal. Um, you know, kind of walk us through what happened on that one. And because and, your positioning was excellent. I just want to get your take on it. Um, it's something that uh, Oscar has talked about a lot that... Uh, 
if we go, you go full force and finish at that far post because I think that like as a right winger or right right wing back, if you finish the run always, you're gonna score at least five goals every season. So it was nice to be there and get reward by scoring the goal. So it's just a very good fullback to a fullback uh, pass and a goal. So it was really nice. Dagger, you have uh, you know you had a couple of weeks off for the international break. You guys were able to come back. Uh, get the win on the road to to close out the season. Then another little bit of a layoff, not quite as long. Uh, how has the team responded to this? Uh, you know these these little extended weeks off, and and have you guys been able to sort of heal up some of those bumps and bruises that you picked up over the course of the season? Yeah, definitely. For me, it's uh, I don't know if I can't say, it, but I feel like it's a little bit too long. Even when we've been waiting, like I'm itching to play the game, but. Uh, uh we've been waiting what it's my we played toronto when do we play them? saturday and we're playing now well monday so it's nine days but uh it's been a long wait but it's getting shorter and shorter every day so it's it's nice how important um was getting home field advantage so that you know you guys start with nashville in exploria stadium how big of a difference does that make for you of course it makes a Big difference. I think it would make a, yeah, it would make a bigger difference if it was a one game, but it's three games, so uh, it's it's of course a big difference if we win and then lose and then we go back to Exploria. But uh, we're just gonna try to get the win and the win, so we'll see what happens. But I would say it's of course it helps a lot to start at home and then go to Nashville, hopefully get the win and and then we don't have to come back to Orlando. Let me ask you about the, the the stakes of this game. Obviously, it is a best of three, so it's not the end of the world if you don't get a good result in the first game, but you want to get off to a good start. How do you, as a, a professional player, how do you control your nerves at the start of a, a big game like this? Um, I think for myself, it's uh, I like to not think too much about it. That's how it has worked for me because I'm a really square person. So if I go too deep into it, I'm going to be just like, my head is going to be spinning a lot. Uh, but usually like one, two, three days leading up to the game, I just start to like do my things, but try to also like stay with friends or be with my girlfriend or try to do something else. There's nothing like close to even soccer. So that's something that works for me and try, keeps me calm on the pitch. But for everybody else, like as a team, we're definitely going to be, the adrenaline is going to be a little bit higher and, Every gonna but it's gonna go a little bit harder, but we'll see what happens. It's funny you mentioned I was actually gonna ask you, you mentioned that it's been uh, you know, maybe a little too much time and you mentioned, you know, spending time with friends, girlfriend, et cetera. What kind of things have you been doing that haven't been soccer related? Um go to a nice coffee house. Um uh, then uh, I go I go golfing a little bit. Uh, I like to go just to the range here in Orlando, just with airports and shoot 10, 20, 30 balls, just do something else other than football or soccer. Sorry. Um, me and my girlfriend go for a walk and we throw the, what do you call it? The football. Oh, okay. So it's just do something else other than soccer. Okay. I, well, I hope you've been enjoying the, this weather uh, we've had recently. It's been a little bit, uh, a little bit cooler for you. Yeah, it's been amazing. Waking up, you can breathe when you walk out. It's perfect. <laughs> Dagger, before we let you go, I just, uh, 
I'm just curious. I mean, you haven't been you you first came on this show six months ago, way back in episode 341. We appreciate you coming back. But I mean, this is um this is big time. This is uh, you know, there's actual expectations on the club with a, a second place finish in the league. Uh, you start off against maybe one of the most difficult opponents because of how good they are defensively. Um, and you know, there's a, there's a lot riding on the line on, on Monday night at Exploria stadium, uh, when the, when the playoffs begin, but, uh, I'm interested in what are you going to do if you score a playoff goal? Are you going to give us a special celebration? What do you want? You want anything special? <laughs> you don't have to do it for us. <laughs> uh, Let's say in one of these two games, I'm going to score. I'll do something spectacular. Maybe something. I'll do a Duncan celebration. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, don't hurt yourself flipping. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. Dagger Dan Thorlson, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Uh, we wish you the best of luck, obviously, Monday and in this series with Nashville. And, of course, we know that because of the hard work you guys have put in all season, you guys will be home as long as you're in the playoffs, uh, as long as you stay in, as unless you play Cincinnati. So uh, congratulations on that. We're looking forward to seeing what you guys come up with on Monday. Thank you so much. And we are back, Dave. And big, big thanks to Dagger Dan Thorlson for coming on the show, coming back on the show, repeat uh, guest. And, uh, and a big thanks to Rob Hildreth, of the Orlando City Communications Department for assisting with that uh, interview. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you indeed. I've said it many times before, but I don't want no fop. I'm a Dagger Dan man. That's right. Absolutely. Uh, it's good to have him here. It's good that he's embraced that fullback role, and it's even better that down the stretch he he played really well defensively as well as offensively. Yes. No, he's been he's been excellent. Indeed. All right, Dave, uh, what do you say we open up the mailbag box? Oh, well, I do love the mailbag box. Well, then let's do it. Let's open it up and see what questions are inside for us. You can ask us anything here at the Mainland Podcast. A couple of ways you can do it. You can email us at themainland at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at the mainland with the hashtag AskTMLPC. Or you can do like some folks did this week and send us a form uh, on our website, you just go to the mainland.com, click on the mainland podcast page and fill out the handy form there. And if you do all those things, uh, any of those things, we'll answer your question. We'll read it on the, the show. We'll give you the best answer we can give you, uh, regardless of the topic. We will, we don't guarantee any sort of, uh, veracity or level of correctness, but you'll get an answer. Yeah. A lot of that depends on how much we know about the topic. I, th I would say all of it depends on that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's probably true. All right. Well, let's dig in. All right. We have a form submission from one of our outstanding Buy Me a Coffee subscribers, friend of the pod, Matthew Waldschmidt has written to us, Dave. Excellent. And Matthew would like to know, he said on Monday's podcast, uh, David mentioned he played organized soccer years ago. <laughs> what position did he play? Uh, I'm left-footed. And when I say years ago, I mean like little league soccer, uh, but I played fullback. Um, so I, I played left fullback and, and we were um, as, as much as, you know, little kids soccer can be, we, we were playing, um, uh, you know, uh, four, two, three, one. And uh, although, 
I wouldn't have known that at the time. <laughs> and I played uh, basically from like age five until 13 when I was going to soccer practice on my bike because it was in the neighborhood. Um, I get there and it's at a school and there's this big pile of uh, rocks that they put there for I'm certain some project or something that they were going to do. And I, I decided, well, I'm going to jump that on my bike. And, uh, so I go down the hill really fast and I, I kind of just crest it and go over and I'm like, oh, I know what the problem was. I didn't have enough speed. So second go around, uh, ass over tea kettle. I'm, I land, I break my arm. Oh, um, oh yeah. Yeah. And, um, did my bike up pretty good and, Never played organized soccer again. Not that one had anything to do with the other. Just, you know, you get to that age where you head into high school. And if you're not the, you know, good enough to make the team, then you're not going to make the team. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Matthew also wants to know what, uh, what current or former Orlando city player would you say that you compare to the most? That, um, oh gosh. Um, I would have to say, um, I uh, probably Adrian Venter. Hmm. Um, just cause of, uh, you know, I, I can, I can get pretty excited. He got pretty excited and, um, you know, but he was, uh, he was also a team guy did whatever, you know, was asked of him. I, I, I think I'm, I'm that kind of guy. Okay. Well, I wasn't asked, but I, uh, I played right wing. Okay, I and I still want to know who you think you're most akin to. <laughs> um, well, I would say that I played a lot like Ivan Angulo in that I did a lot of good things until the like the decisive moment, and it just somehow <laughs> all went bad. Um, that was kind of that was kind of my thing. But I will say this: like I got signed up for and put on a travel team like immediately. I didn't like I didn't have much background. Uh, and, and unfortunately, that's kind of what led to my leaving the game because I I had some really snobby teammates that had been playing on a travel team for a while and they didn't really have any patience with me. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really like them very much and I didn't really like being talked down to. I just wanted to learn and go have fun and play soccer. And, you know, I didn't think that necessarily I should be getting screamed at by my teammates for things. I was like, I was not used to that because I had played a lot of other sports and that never happened to me in other sports. So, uh, so I left, I left the team and then I really kind of just focused on baseball for a while. You know, I'm willing to bet that you're more involved in soccer related stuff than any of those guys are today. That's probably true. I wouldn't know. I don't even remember most of their names. <laughs> I, I, and I don't expect you to, nor are we ever going to take the time to find out That's unless right. one of them is listening and lets us know. But given the amount of work that you do um, in and around soccer these days, I, I, I feel pretty confident in my assertion. I've met Kaka. There you go. And I, <laughs> yes, you've met a balloon de order winner and I would take a guess. None of them have. That's probably true. All right. Uh, thank you for the questions, Matthew. Uh, we also have a form submission from the site from Zachary Adams. All right. What's that got to say? He says, with what seems to be a big corner turned in both philosophy and results the past couple of years, mainly shying away from big but older names like Nani and Kaka, and instead picking up unpolished gems like Faku and Ramiro, 
Where do you feel Orlando City should focus their efforts in the coming offseason? Do we keep mining South America for the next diamond in the rough? Or do we pick up some established names to get the best of the good team we have now? Yes. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, we, we've said this many times before. Um, they will continue to go find uh, young diamonds in the rough. That is that is what they do. They will also, um, although I think I saw something about maybe something changing in regards to the, uh, the draft, but um, they will still utilize the draft. Um Duncan McGuire is just the latest example of what they can do with, with draft picks. Um, and then hopefully they'll do what Michael and I have been begging them to do um, is to go get a veteran striker for that time when Duncan inevitably gets called up to the U S uh, team for the Olympics. Can we have Antoine Griezmann, please? Please. Pretty please. I, I think that they're, yeah, I, I think they'll, They'll do both. If they if the right big name appears at the right price and, and is the right fit for the team, I think they would go for him. But um, but I think they're fine doing things the way that they've been doing. And, and w- what I think they should do is just whatever is right in the moment. If like, uh, like I said, if Antoine Griezmann became available and he made sense, I'd love it if they went and got him. Um, yeah. And he is uh, he is a pl- I don't bring him just out of out of the blue, he's a player who uh, happens to play for my favorite Spanish team, Atletico Madrid, and also has stated that he would like to come to MLS later in his career. And, you know, there's a DP spot open. There is a DP spot open. I was about to mention that. And and uh, with Erchan Cara gone and the fact that this team didn't really fall off after Cara left, they can take a big swing with that DP slot or they can go out and look for another, uh, you know, South American, younger South American player, or what you know, they there's a lot of flexibility to to use that spot. So uh, they're in a good spot right now, as long as they hold on to what they got in the offseason, or at least most of what they got. Yeah, and hopefully, many many weeks from now, we'll do our stays goes uh, for Orlando City, but not anytime real soon. Yeah, uh, Zachary has the second question. He uh, says, "Please discuss an album." that you would consider a no-skip complete album. This is a debate my friends and I have often, and I'd put Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction, Meatloaf's Bat Out of Hell, Muse's Absolution, and Stone Roses' self-titled debut as candidates. Dave, what's a good no-skip album? Jeez. Um, I mean, just within Pink Floyd, there's several. Um, Obviously, The Wall, obviously Dark Side of the Moon, um, the yes album is another, you know, no skip, um, God, uh, moving pictures by rush, uh, just, I, I could go on and on and I know you could, I mean, there, I, there, there's four off the top of my head without <laughs> thinking about it at all. Indeed. Uh, I think, uh, first of all, let me first say I'm absolutely a huge fan of meatloaf's bad out of hell. That is a great call by, uh, uh-huh. by Zachary. Uh, fantastic record. No skips for sure. Agreed. Here's one that Dave and I have actually podcasted about. Oh yeah. Journey's escape. Yep. Yeah. Not on this podcast, not on this podcast. Uh, yeah. I have, uh, of course, a music outlet called My- uh, Michael's record collection. If anybody's interested in that, they can go find it on any podcast platform. There's also a weekly newsletter associated with that. That's free. That comes to your email and, uh, and also a video YouTube channel. So look for Michael's record collection on 
podcast platforms, YouTube, uh, and on Substack, and you will find all of those things. And I will talk about quite a few records that are no skips, uh, including when I had Dave on as my guest and we talked about Escape Journey. I will talk about, uh, I think I'm going to throw out a couple of underrated ones because uh, I think they don't get enough publicity in this country anyway. Marillion's Misplaced Childhood is a fantastic album. I would say um, uh, I would go with Spock's Beard's Five album. They're a Mm -hmm. progressive rock band from California, if you're not uh, aware of them. Um, I would say the first two Boston albums are perfect albums to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Iron Maiden's Peace of Mind. Uh, So there's a little bit of a a variety there. Uh, If you you like 90s alt rock, the Connells put out an album called Ring, which is phenomenal. Uh, the refreshments also in that time frame, I think, put out fizzy, fuzzy, big and buzzy. So there's there's quite a few there. And and like you mentioned, there's uh, several Pink Floyd albums, about half the Rush catalog, uh, half the Genesis catalog are perfect albums. Uh, I would throw Kiss Destroyer in there for something a little more older classic rock. Mm-hmm. So that's I think that's a lot. We could really do five shows about this topic. Yeah, because even as we're sitting here, I was thinking, okay, well, Van Halen 1, Van Halen 2, 5150, and that's just within Van Halen. Literally, you, you, all you have to do is, is pick any, at least for Michael and I, any classic rock band, and we'll be like, oh, yeah, no, this one. Oh, yep, okay, that. <laughs> that's probably true. That's probably true. So, uh, uh, oh, my God, I just thought of Elton John's uh, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. There's another. Just now. Just now. So, I, mean, I can't. I can't not think of them now. Day at the races. <laughs> oh man. That was There's an excellent question. <laughs> Very good question. Thank you so much, Zachary Adams. Apparently I remember the question about the perfect album. I don't know what happened to that uh, question, but he apparently had already uh, submitted it once and had to resubmit it. So I, we appreciate you doing that because weird stuff does happen in email sometimes. It does, but thank you again. Uh, I believe that is all that I have in the email, Dave, uh, in the Gmail box. Uh, is there anything on Twitter? No, uh, that uh, fresh hellscape is clear of questions still. We haven't had anything since uh, mid-October. I, I feel that the uh, it's burning down to the ground and people are rightly getting away from it. Right. Now, I would not say October by U2 is a perfect album, but I would say War by U2 is a perfect album. Okay. All right. See, I can't stop. Nope. Can't stop. He's turned, turned my brain and now I can't stop doing it. Uh, that's it for our mailbag box. Thank you to everybody who sent in questions. We appreciate that. And uh, you can get your question in for the next show. If you didn't get one in, can ask us anything about any topic. We'll be happy to give you an answer. Uh, you can email us at the mainland at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at the mainland. Please add us and please use the hashtag AskTMLPC. And you can also go to uh, the mainland.com and you can uh, click on the mainland podcast page and uh, and then you can, uh, you know, fill out the form there. So there's a lot of ways that you can do it and uh, any of those will work. So uh, we do uh, we do appreciate uh, all of those who send in the questions every show I was going to say every week, but we do two shows a week, most weeks now in the season. So uh, we do thank you for doing that. We also would love it. I mean, absolutely love it. If you would just leave us 
a star rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. And, uh, you know, obviously we would like it to be five star, but if you don't think we're worth five, then just give us whatever. Cause any of your interactions with this podcast, help us with the algorithm. And then we, uh, we get seen and, and found and heard by more people. And that's really what we want. We want to grow this community. So feed the algorithm. Yes, please feed the algorithm. Uh, if you do leave a five-star rating with a review on Apple Podcasts, we will find it easily and we will read it on the show. And you might end up as a testimonial on our website as well. So uh, that's something. That's some food for thought because, Dave, we did not get any new Apple Podcasts five-star ratings and reviews this week. I assume everybody's just nervous about this uh, first um, playoff match and, and we'll, we'll, we'll certainly get one or two uh, next week. Well, I am a little nervous, but I'm really excited about it because I really want to see what Orlando City's approach is going to be after that tight defensive game in Nashville. I wonder if they're going to change anything for this home game or uh, if they're going to take a few more risks and and be willing to try to put the put the, you know, the goals on the board early. Uh, I don't know what we're going to get. So, uh you know, that's what we're here for. We're here to talk about the uh, key matchups and the score predictions we have for the Nashville game. Obviously, uh, Nashville finished seventh. We would have co- probably liked it if they had climbed to sixth on the last day of the season. They did not do that. Um, so we are stuck with perhaps the toughest draw of the first round. I know it's it's weird to say that when you still got FC Cincinnati out there and uh, teams like that. Uh, but, you know, honestly... With a team this good defensively, it is a very difficult matchup. Even in a three-game series, you, it, it, I think it's even somehow a a punishment to have to play them to a best of two out of three. You got to beat them twice to advance. Yeah, and look, it's definitely an advantage having the first match at home. But you to win it in two, you got to do it at Nashville, and that's never an easy. Uh, it's never an easy job at all. So, um, hopefully. Uh, uh, I mean, we're going to talk about our key matchups here, but yeah, it, how Oscar approaches this, um, you know, obviously listen to Dagger Dan, you know, he feels like maybe they're going to, they're going to attack, attack, you know, with the, the idea that they will have to get back. But, you know, he was just saying how Oscar likes them to go ahead and get forward and try and get those goals. Yeah. And I also like them to get goals. I do too. So obviously Nashville is a very complete team. They have a, a dynamic score in Hani Mukhtar. They've got a, a, a number of secondary scorers on the team that are capable. Uh, they've got a very good midfield. They've got Walker Zimmerman, maybe the best defender in the league for the last five years. And, and he's not the only good defender in the team and a, and a good goalkeeper, Joe Willis. So they've got a very solid team top to bottom. For some reason, they just couldn't figure out their road matches this year. They didn't have a good road record, although they did win in Orlando. And and that was early in the season while Orlando was still kind of getting settled into what their best lineup and and tactics were. But you can't take this team any kind of lightly and you can't let up your concentration for a second. That is the key, uh, not necessarily the key matchup, but that is the absolute key to beating Nashville in a three-game series is to stay focused and stay concentrated for every second of every minute of that, that the game goes on. And of course, if it's a low scoring game, there'll be 52 minutes of stoppage time in the series. <laughs> yeah, of course there will be uh, because, you know, Orlando city. Um, 
yeah, it's it, it's always a slog with Nashville. Uh, it's not usually very fun to watch, um, but they, you know, they get results. They've been a very good team the last few years, and and you know, like you say, yeah, okay, fine, they finished seventh, but the East was so close that the it could the draw could have been a lot different than it was, and they could have been higher. Um, we just uh, quote lucked out to get them. Yeah, that's uh, that is your reward for finishing second is uh, you get to start against Nashville. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. All right, Dave. Well, Monday night, it's all on the line at Exploria Stadium. Of course, um, we don't want Exploria Stadium to look like Red Bull Arena did in that wild card Ooh. game. There was a very small crowd, so I, I hope that people are. I'm interested to see how this goes because are people going to save their money early in the playoffs, hoping for a deep run and, and and go to later games? I don't think you can afford to do that. I think you need to get out to the stadium. I think you need to be there to help urge the team on. I think we need a full house. And uh, I think if the, if the players look up in the stands and they see that pulsating sea of purple um, driving them on, I think it, it could make the difference in a very, very tight, game in a very tight series it absolutely can and and not only that but having that that extra noise um can help disrupt uh nashville's plans um as well as you know urging on the lions it's it geez guys it's a playoff match i don't care if it's a monday i don't care if it's a wednesday i don't care if it's two o'clock on a thursday uh figure it out um and i say all that and then have to say that i won't be there um, because I'm going to be even further away than usual. Um, I'm going to be time zones away. So there's not really any way for me to make this match. Um, so, but I really, I may be very clear. I don't want there to be a third match in this against Nashville. Unless we lose the first one and then you want a third match. <laughs> yes, obviously. <laughs> All right. Well, the game starts at seven. Here's my advice. Um, later in the workday, start doing this a little bit. (laughs) Then uh, tell your boss you're not feeling so well. You got to go. So you get a little early start, get down to the stadium. And then you've already got a built-in, you know, the next day you just call in and say, I'm still not feeling well. I can't come in. So you can get to the stadium, tailgate for a while, watch the game, cheer on your team. And then, you know, if the game goes late, you don't have to go to work the next day. Oh yeah. Uh, all right. So let's say all right, maybe you're not a good actor or you can't, you know, fake being sick, but you're a parent. Oh, geez, boss. I, I my my spouse just let me know. I gotta go pick up the kids at school. They're not feeling, you know, they're at the nurse's office. Um, you know, hopefully they're okay, but I, I gotta go get them. Could um, be I'll COVID. Let you, <laughs> I, I'll I'll let you know how things are going tomorrow. There you go. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. If you want to if you want to be that guy and use your kids as the excuse, go ahead. <laughs> hey, hey, it's the playoffs. Uh, yeah, you get we all got to make sacrifices. That's right. All right, so uh Dave hit me with your key matchup and your score prediction for Monday night. All right, well, I'm going to let uh I'm going to let Dagger Dan and the other guys take care of the offense. I'm going to focus on the defense with also Dagger Dan. Um but mainly the Slighted Robin Janssen will uh, take charge uh, in this match 
and Explorius Stadium. Um, he will anchor that defense as he's done all all season and have them have them playing where they need to to snuff out anything that Nashville wants to do. And so for me, it's solid on defense against the visitors. I'm going to go for a repeat of the last match. It's always tough against Nashville. I'm going to say one nil win in Exploria. All right. Um, I think again, when you play Nashville, uh, the the problem is scoring goals. So I'm going to say that the, for me, the key matchup is can can Facundo Torres get himself free against that stifling defense? And I know even in in Nashville, he was smothered every time he got a touch on the ball. Uh, same with Mauricio Pereira. Can they find room in the attacking third? That to me is the key matchup. And uh, and obviously they got to finish chances. You can't waste chances against Nashville because you don't get many. So I definitely will take the attack of Orlando City against that you know packed in defense, uh, very organized defense. It never seems to put a foot wrong. Never seems to get out of shape. Never seems to concede a penalty. Um, but they did against New York Red Bulls, so maybe they do sometimes. <laughs> well, and, you know, since you're talking about the attack, don't forget Orlando runs on Duncan, and right now the coffee is hot. That's right. He's uh, five goals in his last five games. He seems to have found another gear. Uh, he did score the last game against Nashville on a, a really difficult chance, so uh, we'll see what he can do. I'm really interested to see what, what Oscar Pereja puts out there. Uh, is he going back to the starter, Antonio Carlos? Is he going to stick with Rodrigo Schlegel and, and ride the momentum? Uh, that could go either way. But I definitely think that uh, for me, goals against Nashville, always a premium. Got to score them. That's my key matchup. And I, I think here, how's this for a score prediction for you? All right. 1-1 one, one draw. Orlando wins the shootout. Okie dokie. <laughs> Michael tends to do that in... Um uh matches where uh it, it can come down to that type of thing and in and playoff and and open cup and whatever else matches i do and the, and the reason i do is because it's like maximum stress on me <laughs> watching <laughs> it's like what can i how can i possibly be any more stressed uh than than watching this uh very very tight game and and that's kind of how it goes so uh that's kind of what I'm expecting. And yeah, this is a weird, um, you know, the, the playoff rules are weird. I mean, it's, it's just very strange to have a best of three, but then after that, it's single elimination. It's, uh, it's kind of weird. It's almost like all that had anything to do with was adding a couple of games for money. Yeah, and it's it is it was done so that every team in the playoffs gets a home game, um, except Charlotte because they're already gone um, for money reasons. Yeah, it, it is it is, uh, but I don't think there's a good reason for a best of three. I I just, but if you are going to do it, just do it through the whole postseason. That way, it's you don't have different rules for different rounds. Oh, don't worry. They'll change it all around next year. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They just can't seem to stop tinkering, can they? No. I mean, we used to have really cool uh, penalty kicks. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's interesting. So, 
no extra time. If it, if it does go tied to the end of regulation, there will be no extra time. It's kicks from the spot to determine the winner. Uh, it's a hell of a way to determine a winner. Um, but that's also the case in single elimination games too. So, yeah. So here we go. We'll be back next week, Dave, to talk about what transpired on Monday night against Nashville SC and to prepare for the second game. Maybe we'll have another guest, uh, either maybe somebody from the Nashville side that can come on and talk about their team or uh, perhaps uh, another player. I mean, who knows? There's the possibilities abound. They do. All right, Dave, anything else you want to get off your chest before we get out of here? Um, thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks for sending in questions. I'm looking forward to reading the, uh, five-star reviews next week. Um, so make sure you get those in as well. All right. Just, uh, don't forget, we're going to be a little late with our first show next week because of the Monday night game. Uh, so, uh, go easy on us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, no nasty. Hey, I didn't get my, uh, I didn't get my podcast. Like I always do. Uh, we usually get one or I usually get one or two of those emails, um, when something's a little wonky, but, uh, but we're letting you know up front, uh, big thanks to Dr. Dan Thorlson, obviously for coming on the podcast again, mm-hmm. that means, you know, he obviously had a good time the first time or he wouldn't have come back. I'm a Dr. Dan man. Thanks to Rob Hildreth for helping set that up. We appreciate our friends at the, uh, Orlando city communications department. Uh, they do a bang up job. Looking forward to seeing them on Monday. Uh, you can read our stuff every day of every week at themainland.com. That is an independent website that we are very proud of, and we uh, we would love for you to read our writings there. Uh, you can like us on Facebook. You can follow Dave on Twitter at Mainland Dave. You can follow me at Mainland Michael, and you can follow the Mainland at the Mainland. If you are also an Orlando Pride fan, you can uh, follow our sister show on Twitter at Scoperp Soccer. That's S-K-O-P-U-R-P. Scoperp. Scoperp. Uh, and you can ask questions on that show by uh, using the hashtag AskScoperp. So uh, we would love to have you over there as well. All right. That's going to do it for episode 385. It's playoff time, people. The only thing left for us to do is what I always uh, do at the end. So on behalf of my co-host, David Rowe, go City. <laughs>